welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years, and I was his care partner. Good morning, Judy. How are you today? Hi, Travis. Happy New Year. This is so exciting. We're in 2022. Holy crap. I can't believe it. Yep. And so begins the roaring 20s of the 2000s. Yes. (laughs) How's it going so far? Um, so far, it, it it's pretty good. You know, I, I've told you and I, I'm pretty sure the folks on the show uh, that I'm on my winter break from school. And so to take advantage of that time, I've been staying just extra busy um, doing everything from home improvement projects, landscaping, hardscaping. And, you know, uh, mending, repairing my clothes, sweaters and whatnot, learning to, uh, you know, improve my uh, sewing game and do some electrical soldering work and pretty much anything that I haven't had time to do while in school is now being handled on the break. That's great. It's always good to give yourself permission to take some time and do some projects. I actually have a bunch of things in my face, and I haven't quite started them yet. But my goal is next week, I am going to start one thing, and I've committed to that. My my garden is kind of quiet right now, so I'll get things ready. I was realizing I have to start thinking ahead towards spring and what I'm going to do for the upcoming season of planting. So I am going to have to get out there at some point and make some changes to the yard. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite things to do is to spend time in the yard. Actually, digging is one of my favorite things, but my knees don't love it. I just love the physicality of it. It's kind of fun for me. Yeah, well, I should have invited you over last week. We put in a French drain. Oh, that is a lot of digging, (laughs) far beyond my expertise. That is a lot of work. Yes, and it was done entirely by Sarah and myself with one day of help from our friend Matt. Wow, I am impressed with that one because I know what goes into that. I've I've watched construction workers put in French drains at homes that I've remodeled, and it is not an easy feat. No, I don't know how removing 50 cubic feet of dirt would be easy, but I'm sure there's a um, piece of machinery that could do it without a whole lot of physical effort. Uh, My piece of machinery consisted of a shovel, (laughs) and so it was a bit of a uh, challenge. But, you know, one of the things that I've learned with having PD is you've absolutely got to do it smarter than harder, you know? 
It's like I'd work for a bit, take a break, rest, eat, medicate, work for a bit, take a break, you know. And that way, I was able to do the project in about two days. That's pretty good, Travis. I think that sounds amazing. And, I, and I'm glad to hear that you're working smarter. You know, that's something that we can talk about maybe a, a little bit on today's show, uh, what that means to work smarter. I hear that all the time from people. You know, how do you work smarter? And I, I think it's a really good um, way of looking at what your capabilities are, giving yourself permission to take a break. You know, I don't have PD, but I am um, in that category of over 65. Don't want to say exactly how old, but I, I'm pretty much up there now. And um, and so when I do things and when I do things in the yard, I it takes me longer. And I really have to give myself permission to do that you know, to take a break, go back to it. And it might take me, you know, two hours where it used to take me maybe an hour to do a really big project. And and that's okay. You know, I'm comfortable with that now. I, I've accepted that, that I still can do it. I love to do it, but everything is going to take me a little bit longer. And I don't mind that now. Yeah. And in my case, it might take me way longer. You know, Sarah came home Tuesday night and was like, oh, you're digging a trench across our front lawn. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, the first rain has softened the dirt, so it's a really good time to, you know, spring into action and, and dig this trench. We can do it easier now. And she looked at me and she's like, it's Tuesday fucking night. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not helping you at all when inside. And so I just kept digging and digging. And she eventually came out and gave me a hand. But <laughs> Well, that's very admirable of Sarah to do that. But I, th I think that's what happens. You know, we get caught up in something and we get it in our, our brain that we've decided we're going to start a project. And sometimes it's hard for us to walk away from it until it's completely finished. And there are some projects that are definitely going to take more than one afternoon or even two days. Sometimes it can take five days to really complete a big project. Right. And and that's something that we can talk about too when we get into the main episode content today is the mercurial nature of PD is such that I feel like when I'm feeling good, I have to take advantage of it. It's like, I don't know how long I'll be able to swing this shovel or you know, work this mattock, so I damn well better get it done while I can. I think that's a good place to start, Travis. You know, when you know you have a moment that you're feeling good and you're able to make it happen, it's good to go forward and do something and push yourself a little bit, you know, because there will be days and we know we've talked about them and we people have experienced them if they've been listening to us over the year that there are some days are really good and some days can be really bad. 
Yeah, some hours. Yes. I mean, that's that's the thing that's so reminiscent of the weather in New England is, <laughs> yes. you know, it's like, which way is the wind blowing? Let me check. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so do we have a PD-101 today? Of course. We always have, fuck, I have Parkinson's. So, you realize you've been diagnosed with Parkinson's and you've noticed, actually you probably noticed it a little bit before but didn't want to acknowledge it, that you're not thinking as clearly, that you get sort of what some people refer to as brain fog. You you can't seem to have a clear sequence of thoughts that you can't remember where you were going with something when you were starting a conversation, and you kind of get lost in what we call this brain fog. We're not so clear. And this is normal. I mean, this is something that occurs with PD, and it doesn't last a long time, but it can be very upsetting, very disturbing for you, and you start to feel like, oh my God, I'm I'm never going to get out of this. And the truth is, you can, you will, and you just have to be a little patient and know that it's not permanent. So in most cases, I'm going to say in most cases, it's not permanent. And probably, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's important to just allow yourself and again, give yourself permission, cut cut a little slack for yourself and just say, okay, I'll reset and start over. Sometimes taking a couple deep breaths can give you a whole new way of thinking. You know, you mentioned brain fog. And, you know, I coined the phrase brain with um, Parkinson's economy, uh, spooniism. You know, <laughs> these are all um, different words that you can use to describe what really boils down to an economics perspective. You know, it's you have a limited resource, whether that be time in your day, energy, or in this case, the brain processing ability, the executive function that allows us to make the decisions. Yes, And you've got to pay attention to how you're spending that executive function or you won't have anything left to buy what you want with it, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. It really does. It makes a lot of sense. And I I think what what I'm really looking at with this, Travis, is that when you have PD and you have that slowness and you can't quite get it out there, if you have too many things going on at one time, it can be really hard on you to focus and to get one little thing done. And I do remember this with Sandy a lot, that this was one of his big issues. He would start something and then he would start to feel overwhelmed because then he would think about the next thing and 
really and truly, if you could take one thing at a time, when you have PD, multitasking is not going to be in your playbook any longer. Right. And there are so many things, Judy, that um, add tasks that we're not even conscious of. I was thinking about this this morning. I went to a physical therapy appointment, and we're doing this exercise, you know, where I step and twist and stick my arm out and whatnot. And every time I step back, I bump into this um, little lip thing. And I did it like three times before I had to tell the therapist, hey, I need to adjust my position because I'm bumping into this thing. And that is distracting for me. It's burning brain width, and it's making the overall exercise harder. Right. It's like if you're hiking and you have a rock in your shoe. (laughs) That is not going to injure you very much, but it's going to distract the shit out of you. Yes. Now put on a backpack and walk 20 miles. Absolutely. that is what... Your day is like with PD is everything you do is harder. So everything that takes a little extra brain processing power is a cost that you have to pay for that day. Yes, that's that's right, Travis. I, I think that the more that you can give yourself some space and if you're working, I mean, let's be realistic about this. For someone that is working, they, they've got a job, they're used to multitasking, they do, you know, 20 things within an hour, and they have so much responsibility. It's hard to say to someone like that, okay, do one thing. But it doesn't mean you can't keep going on to these projects or trying to work at the same pace, you just have to take a minute and look at what is realistic for you at this moment. Right. And that at this moment is the critical piece because, you know, what I'm able to do right here, right now is Mm -hmm. nothing really to do with what I may be able to do an hour from now. You know, it's at right at this minute. Yeah, I can talk, have a podcast, you know, have a, a dozen screens open on my uh, laptop and, and manage that all. Other times, you know, tying my shoes becomes, you know, my sole focus. And if my phone rings while I'm tying my shoes, guess what? It doesn't get answered because I don't have the brain width to answer the phone and tie my shoes at the same time. That's a great example, Travis. That's really good. And I, I think for people that are struggling with this idea of executive function and how can I manage getting all these things done? You have to be very um, mindful of what is realistic for you. And even making a list, like taking a good, I mean, we talk about people that um, 
love to do what what is at the beginning of the year everybody has some kind of resolution. goal and resolution i'm not a big resolution person but i think one of the things you can do with pd is you can really make a list for yourself what are the things that are most important to you is it most important that you exercise is it most important that you take a walk is it most important that you spend an hour and a half on your computer running some programs playing a video game whatever it is that you like to do, you know, kind of make a list for yourself and look at what works for you. What are the things that are important and how can you implement those things knowing that you are going to have limited brain time? You're not going right. to go as quickly. You're not. Your brain is not going to move as fast. If you want to ride a bike and you're used to riding 50 miles a day, maybe you're going to have to cut back to 30 miles a day or even 25 on some days. It doesn't mean that you're never going to get that 50-mile ride in, but you may have to change a little bit what you're doing. Right. Or as we're talking about prioritization, it becomes a thing that, yes, I want to ride that bike today. And so today that's all I'm going to do is ride the bike. I can't ride 50 miles and go to class and run a bunch of errands and this and that. Good. Yes. It's like, no, priorities. For me today, the most important thing is riding this 50 miles. And I'm willing to sacrifice other things that would sure be nice to get done today, but in the triage of my life, they just don't make the priority cut off. And I think that's where you can help so many people with this, Travis, in understanding that it doesn't mean you're not going to get to do things you want to do. You clearly are an example of someone that does things far beyond what most people with PD would consider doing as a normal thing. I don't know too many people with PD that are willing to start digging for a French drain. So right there, just you sort of set the bar a little bit high with that one. But but I think the idea of, okay, that's my priority. So if your priority was that French drain for two days, then that was it. That was it entirely. And I called in support uh, staff, if you will. <laughs> yes. I, I threw up a flag and said, hey, I need some help. And luckily, my friend Matt was able to come over on Wednesday morning and help dig the rest of the darn drain before it started raining in earnest. Um, and we moved at least 63 bags of gravel. Wow. 50 pounds a piece to, you know, um, I want to say insulate the pipe, but it's not really insulation, but right. you, you under, to, to create the sieve for the water to go through, to get to the pipe, to then be, you know, carried off so that we no longer have this ginormous lake right in front of our front door. That's because, absolutely right. Because that was the, the very core of the motivation is every time I come home and it's raining, 
which it's not very often in LA, but you know, over the holidays, it decided to open up and there's this lake that I've got to, you know, skirt and trying not to slip in the mud. And that's just extra brain width for right. me when I come home late and it's dark after class and it is that much harder for me to get out of the car, make it up to the front door. And so Sarah and I installed this, uh, large floodlight uh, on part of our driveway so that I can see. Great. Because that's another thing. It's not that I can't do it. It's just that it costs me more in brain width to do that kind of stuff. And quite honestly, I don't want to have to pay for getting out of the car safely and making it to my front door. That's a really good point, Travis. And I think for you and for other people with Parkinson's, the more things you can do around your house that make it easy for you to get from one place to the next, whether it's from the car to the front door or from a bedroom to the bathroom or from your office to the kitchen, anything you can do to make it easier for yourself, that is a plus sign for you. That right. is something that you will benefit from. You won't have to think as hard. And again, when you're talking about your brain width, you're not using up that space. You're, you don't have to take unnecessary uh Detours resources. and resources along the way. I think it's it's really good, and um, I know we're going to have a guest very soon on this show that's going to talk about um, what he did to actually make his home for his parents more um, user friendly and more accessible for his dad who had Parkinson's. And I think that's a really important thing. And this brings up accessibility issues. If you have issues with accessibility, I, th I think even before you get to a place where you need to have these things done, it's a good idea to look around and see yes, what, what's there is, before you're is. in that crisis mode, right? Right. Before it becomes a health and safety issue. It's yes. like for me, I have no problem stepping over the step to get into my shower. None whatsoever. I can do it barefoot. I can do it all day, every day. Step over this tiny little step. Mm -hmm. But when we remodel the shower, we're going to remove it because why? Why should I pay in terms of my executive function dollars, if you will, to step over this step? It's like I'm doing an inventory in my life of everything that I have to spend brain with to think about. And if it's not something on my priority list, I'm going to see if there's a way to not have to do it. Our front door, the lock, is, you know, one that you have to jiggle your key in. Mm -hmm. And it takes two hands to shut the door completely. 
so that it locks, the lock will engage. I told Sarah, every day I go through this door, some days five, some days 25 times. And every time I've got to stop, jiggle this damn thing to get it to work. She ordered another one because why? To make it easy for you. And that's what we're talking about, folks. Look at what you can do in your life to make it a little bit easier for you. Find the pitfalls and analyze them and see where do you want to make those changes, really? Like, right. And where can you make those changes easily? You know, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, I remember in one of my support groups, we talked about uncluttering. And uh, I remember what the fellow that was in the group said, oh, my wife won't let me move a thing in our house. She has everything placed where she wants it. And I said, well, there might come a time when some of those things get broken or get get uh, you know bumped into, and you may have to move them. So it's a good idea to kind of look at that ahead of time and just see what are the things that can make life easier for you. And that's right. really what we're talking about today. You know, what are the things that don't tax you? Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, it's like we want to be clear. It's not that we're opposed to doing hard things. I actually embrace doing hard things that I want to do, that are worth it, that are on my priority list. It's all the things that are not on my priority list, like jiggling that front door lock (laughs) or, you know, the door to my office, the doorknob is tiny. And as I mentioned to you before the show today, I live in a 101-year-old house. So (laughs) there's all kinds of stuff that are not ergonomic or uh, ADA compliant or even, you know, people compliant, really. That's true. (laughs) And so by going through that and, you know, taking a uh, ergonomic engineer approach or um, working with an occupational therapist, that's a person who can, you know, help you if you're at a loss for where to start this process, talk to an OT and they can actually do a video tour of your house with you and point out some things like, hey, if it is hard for you to open that door, you know, maybe just buying a different doorknob will remedy that. Absolutely. Look at making life a little bit easier for yourself. And that's our message today for this show. So hopefully you can take a minute, take a little assessment of what your home is like, what your life is like. Sit down for a moment and just rather than sort of burying your head in the sand, come up, take a breath and analyze what can make your life a little bit better and a little bit easier. Right. And know that it's not something that you've got to do all at once. It isn't and should not be a one-time analysis. It should be something that you 
do regularly. Yes, absolutely. Ongoing. And that's a wrap. Bing. Bing. <laughs>